0: I call this, if you don't bet, you might not get this reference, but I call this the chalk parlay. Chalk. About as heavy favorites as you get. It doesn't get more chalky than the L.A. Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets. Just national news darlings for absolute circus hysteria. It's pretty much the only thing in the news right now, though. Brand Winhorst hasn't dropped the podcast in... Uh, 14 days, who's counting? Zach Lowe hasn't done goddamn thing on his podcast since July 28th. Because they know that there's no news, because they're the ones generating the news. And so they're holding it back in their little fucking notebooks. So, leave it to Kevin Durant, though, for providing us a little bit of joy in the middle of the summer, and in the middle of these summer storms. In other words, let's drop the beat, bro. I like the little niche teams too, like OKC. They're like the uh, Murray State of the NBA. I like to cover all my bases, give all the fans feeling like they get a little love. French national team drama, but it's favorites today. Ooh, Kevin, 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 Kevin Durant. So, ever since Kevin Durant requested a trade, the overwhelming sentiment, I believe, from the pundits, the NBA pundits of the world, was that the Nets should just let things cool off, settle down. Wait, don't do anything hasty. Because Kevin Durant changes his mind so much that eventually he'll change his mind back to wanting to play with the Nets. The winds change, and Kevin Durant's opinions change. What he wants changes. So, just wait, they said. He'll change his mind, they said. So, Kevin Durant flew to London to meet up with Joe. Josiah. Everyone thought maybe it was to patch things up. To decide and to go into some of the sticking points of this relationship. How they can get over the hump. And Kevin Durant said, sir... My mind is made up. I am I want out this bitch. Please. I don't want to play with the nets. I want out. And if you want to keep me, there's a caveat. You're going to have to fire Sean Marks and you're going to have to fire Steve Nash. It's either them or it's me. An ultimatum. An ultimatum in the NBA has got to be one of the most tasty pieces of tea. You could pot. It could not get more toxic than that. You need owner to make a decision. Your guy, who you brought in, who you think's the most capable, competent, best GM in the league, and his little lackey. I mean, his two-time MVP that he brought in to coach the team, or you pick me, multiple All NBA player, multiple-time All Star, the player that you think is deserving. Six first-round picks, multiple young pieces. It's either them or it's me. So toxic, so great for the show. Jerry West would be ashamed of me right now. He would be sickened. (laughs) I'm not sure what Joe Sive said back in this meeting. Probably something like, Kevin, Kevin, I'll have to think this over. Uh, Enjoy some steak. We've got some hookers for you uh, from <laughs> Manchester. No. <laughs> but what we do know is he did take a formal stance on Twitter, on the Twitter street, which essentially is like communicating directly to Kevin Durant because that's his love language, right? So Joe Sy tweets this. Quote, Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Well, that's not good. If it was all Kevin Durant could do, I bet, to not quote tweet Joe Sy's tweet with something shady, with something like a peace out emoji or a plane emoji or sun, dinosaur, a uh, fireball. All of the trade destinations that he might want to go with big eye emojis. (laughs) Or maybe even the one that he tweeted back in February of 2021 when it was all that COVID shit that was holding them out of games. Just the, the simple two word, free me. I would have loved that as well. Free me. So the question, though, outside of this news is what do we make of this? First and foremost, first couple of things we have to get straight. Number one. There's been an overwhelming sentiment that Kevin Durant chose, hand-selected, advocated for the hiring of Steve Nash. I think that was pretty much common knowledge. Apparently that's not exactly true. The real specifics are that Sean Marks put up Steve Nash for the job and Kevin Durant was like, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, it's fine by me. But a lot of haters are coming for Kevin Durant, being like, you choose Steve Nash, you bring your Yoda here, and now you want him fired, and if he doesn't get fired, now you want to force your way out, Kevin, this is some bullshit, Kevin. Fun story, not the case. We do know this, Steve Nash and Sean Marks have a relationship dating back to their time when they both played for the Suns, back in the early 2000s, when... uh, Steve Nash was stealing MVPs from more deserving people back then. Uh, And what we know is that the relationship between Kevin Durant and Steve Nash lasted about, mm, I don't know, 30 days a season when Steve Nash was hired as a consultant for the Golden State Warriors to basically cosplay a basketball Yoda. Like, that's what we know. One, longstanding brotherhood dating back to their playing career, other one was a consultant that that parachuted in and parachuted out of a dynasty so between those two if you had to guess who do you think put up nash for the job was it kevin sean i've got a great idea (laughs) i think this is going to be perfect his name is yoda you know him by steve (laughs) I mean, literally after this happened, had Kyrie Irving saying on Kevin Durant's podcast, we don't really have a coach. Could it be more disparaging, demeaning, dismissive than that? And Kevin Durant, it wasn't like he was like, yo, bro, this is the guy I put up for the job. Shut your mouth. No, he said nothing. He was just like, yeah, I mean, Kyrie's crazy. You know, (laughs) Kyrie be crazy. (laughs) That was right before Kyrie said, I think I was you in a former life. Kyrie's crazy. So the next question, I guess, though, is when did it all go wrong? I have a theory. So after the Nets get swept from the Boston Celtics, Kevin Durant was out there stumping for Steve Nash, standing, caping putting on his little superhero cape and saying Steve Nash was not to blame for the Nets' issues, even though he knows, truthfully, his rotations suck, Uh, his decision-makings aren't great. So this is what he said. Steve's been dealt a crazy hand the last two years. He played good soldier. He was playing good soldier, Kevin. He's had to deal with so much stuff as a head coach, first-time coach, trades. That's the first thing he's had to deal with, being a first-time coach. Trades, injuries, covid just a lot of stuff he's had to deal with. And I'm proud of how he's focused and how he has passion for us. We all continue to keep developing over the summer. We'll see what happens. Things seemingly fine at this point. Then Sean Marks decided to hold an exit interview. We talked about this on the podcast back in May. It was the first time that my little antenna went beep, 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 beep. This is what he says. Back, if you didn't listen to the pod in May, which, welcome to the podcast. We know what we're looking for on this team. We're looking for guys that want to come in here and be part of something bigger than themselves. Play selfless, play team basketball, and be available. That goes not only for Kyrie, call him out by name, but for everybody here. More quotes. We need people here. Oh, this is what he says. Scratch that. We can see what they can do on the court. But what makes these guys tick, these $40 million players? What drives them? Do they want to be a part of this? Are they motivated to something maybe not good for our whole team here? Those are the questions we're going to have to ask ourselves and ask the players that we are thinking about bringing back here. At this point, I knew they are not going to offer Kyrie Irving an extension for max money. That's just off the table. There's no way. Because you saw Sean Marks do his best, we're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. He's like, these players aren't going to run us no more. We're in charge. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. This isn't good, folks. That's the first domino. And the fact you put that into context with the fact that a year prior to this, Kevin Durant signed his extension. And Kyrie Irving heard not a peep about his extension, which they came in together as free agents. They're both equally able to sign extensions at the same point in time then as well. So strike one last summer, strike two this summer. And then came the straw that broke the Slim Reaper's back. (laughs) The Nets fire longtime assistant head coach Adam Harrington, longtime shooting coach for Kevin, longtime friend of Kevin, longtime trainer of kevin do you think they told him do you think they asked him hey do you think this is a good idea hey kevin just want to alert you to this no they didn't say a word to kevin the franchise player nothing strike three you think that's not going to erode the relationship just a tad this is my guy i brought him in here you fucking fire him behind my back you didn't even consult me I thought we were friends Another element that's now being kicked around as to what also broke Kevin's back, the straw that broke Kevin's back, was the trade for James Harden and the notion that Sean Marks could have been fleeced uh, for (laughs) James Harden. Um, According to the New York Post, Kevin didn't like how many pieces they had to trade in order to get James Harden, shockingly, because if you go to math school real fast and you say really what the deal was, this is what you did. Brooklyn Nets gave up. Karis Levert. Torian Prince, Jared Allen, two first-round picks, some pick swaps, four, drumroll please, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre fucking Drummond, and about seven months of James Harden as a rental. In hindsight, pretty fucking gross. Add that to the fact that there are simple things you say. Ending up eroding this relationship, and now we've got our ultimatum. But the story gets even more interesting. Look at the Nets Daily webpage from the day that this ultimatum came out. And KD dropped it. Dozens of articles and links about the story. New York Post, New York Daily News, Bleacher Report, SB Nation. All of them. But what outlet was conspicuously missing oh yes baby i fucking love this. this is the tea i love inside the nba inside the nba tea not just the first layer we're talking down to the deep core of the Earth's surface here into the core es fucking pn baby where was espn when kevin durant is requesting not only trade but as an ultimatum has been made Sean, Mark, Steve, Nash, or me? Where are the leaders of sports journalism? A story that threatens to change the entire balance of the entire league. Silence. Radio silence for 12 hours. ESPN dropped exactly one article that day after Joe Sy tweeted what he said about the front office. The headline? Brooklyn Nets Governor Joe Sy Voices support for front office coaches in wake of Kevin Durant's trade demands didn't even put the ultimatum in that headline either and if you follow the heat check for any amount of time, you know you know Boo-doo-doo-doo. you know who's behind the blackout of the KD ultimatum in the mothership, the Godfather himself. <laughs> This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Woj bomb. That's Adrian Warjanowski, the godfather of the NBA. Woj, very powerful in the NBA media space. Mostly because of his proximity and relationships to GMs. And it's no secret that, well, it is maybe a little baby secret because I'm reporting it here or I'm talking about it here. Sean Marks, GM of the Brooklyn Nets and Woj are very close. He might be one of Woj's closest sources. That's why also Woj squashed that story where Sean Marks was reportedly thinking about trading James Harden for Ben Simmons. And Woj was like, never heard it. Never heard it once. You're totally close with Sean Marks. Never heard anything about it. Which would explain why every single outlet on the planet was running not that just as the lead basketball story, but as the lead sports story in general when ESPN goes dark. Thank God for my guy, Ethan Strauss, putting this on our radar. Former beat reporter for, yes, ESPN on the Warriors Watch. He left to start his own little substack and a podcast called House of Strauss. Love him. Didn't mean to demean it by calling it little. Awesome. I mean, it's not ESPN, but he's doing his damn thing, and he's speaking truth to power, which is exactly what we need. Not beholden to anyone, and let me tell you, he is Woj's nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke and leaked Woj's preposterous packet that he sends out every year to NBA executives (laughs) touting why they should look to Woj instead of Shams or Haynes or any of the other newsbreakers, and he just dropped a nuke on Woj that basically implies that he used his outside influence to squash this story because it created a narrative where Marx might end up getting fired. Strauss went on the Basketball Illuminati podcast, which is also quite good, and this is what he had to say. else, I don't think Sean Marks wants it out there that Kevin Durant wants him fired. No! Can we say that much? Who would want that? That's not a fun place to be. If you're the GM <laughs> of a team, maybe you don't want everybody talking about how the superstar of the team wants you fired. That the only way for the team to retain the superstar, somebody you cannot replace, is to fire the GM. I don't think that's something that you want out there. So... In this case, it seemed like people at ESPN knew that this was a no-go zone. A no-go zone? So Woj, just to recap, is in bed with Sean Marks, figuratively, not literally. So Woj in bed with Marks. Marks is not trying to allow the ultimatum to go viral because... It might actually build steam within the media that, hey, yeah, if that's what it takes to keep Kevin Durant, that's what you do. If you have the overwhelming majority of the media being like, yes, fire this guy. He did this with James Harden. He was responsible for this bad move, that bad move. Yeah, fire him. Hell yeah. If that's what you got to do, do that. So they don't obviously want to create that groundswell, so they suppress it. Give Sean Marks some sort of peace of mind that if ESPN isn't talking about it, it basically doesn't exist. Because if it was a big enough story, ESPN would cover it, so this is basically fake news. Woj keeps his relationship intact, and ESPN keeps Woj happy. Life moves on until our man Ethan Strauss decided to uncover the whole thing, putting more attention on it than ever. Godfather keeps just pulling the puppet strings until Ethan Strauss comes by and clips them so where does this all leave us on one hand you have kd seems pretty damn resolute he's not playing for brooklyn anymore and now sources are saying that the nets are relying on the idea that kevin durant loves basketball so much that he would never sit out he would never miss games he's so much of a pure hooper he would never hold out they're wrong this guy this guy is done you had him fly to London for Joe Tsai to be like, "Let me tweet you a response back. I'll get back to you." And Joe Tsai, probably outside of that tweet, is not firing Sean Marks. He thinks Sean Marks is the best GM in the league, which is absolutely preposterous. I asked some people around at Summer League. I was like, "Hey, what? Is Sean Marks a good GM?" And I. It was funny hearing people try to wriggle into saying positive things about Sean Marks. They're like, he knows the cap really well. I'm like, that doesn't answer at all what I was asking. He's a uh, very well liked, good negotiator. Um, players seem to enjoy him sometimes. I was like, but is he a good GM? You won't. It's a complicated question. It just depends on what you value. I'm like, so no, so no. Also, as another little nugget, Sean Marks is the alternate governor for Joe Tsai for the Brooklyn Nets, which means that in board meetings or anything important where Joe Tsai cannot attend, Sean Marks will be there in his stead, being able to make decisions on Joe Tsai's behalf, carte blanche. You think he's going to fire that guy he has that much trust for? No chance. Sean Marks, at the end of the day, according to a lot of people who talk about this and go deeper into this in terms of their sourcing, say that Sean Marks may become the longest tenured GM in history. He might never be fired. He might ride this thing all the way out into the sunset. He might be like the Neil Olshay path before Neil Olshay got clipped for all that stuff, all the isms. So now that you're caught up with all the drama, let's speculate real quick. Where is Kevin Durant going to go? How long is it going to be? I say trade deadline. I don't think this is happening. I think Sean Marks is going to bury his little feet in because he's got the power. He's like Daryl Morey. He's got full support of ownership, and he's like, I'm going to do what's best for us. Fuck you, Kevin. So the leader in the clubhouse, not the Suns, not Toronto, not Miami. There is a new leader, folks. It's going to shock you The Philadelphia 76ers. Are you fucking serious? What? According to various sources, the Sixers are considering going all in on Kevin Durant. NY SportsNet reports there were high-ranking members of the Sixers who felt strongly about engaging with Brooklyn on a Durant trade. Folks, that is a lie. You're going to have to give up Joel Embiid, and you're going to have to give up Tyrese Maxey, And probably James Harden for Sean Marks to say yes. And maybe five first-round picks. Uh, That is absolutely wild. Of course, there's other East Coast teams that can win right now that are still in the mix. Toronto, Miami, and then you've got West Coast teams like New Orleans and even Golden State. According to Windy, KD has hurt his trade value on the trade market because it's clear he doesn't want to play in Brooklyn so what do you do if your player erodes their value on the trade market and then a team thinks it's something else that gets very dicey you get to this inflection point where their, their trade value is plummeting and your ego is staying here there's a moment where you might just mess around to get nothing that's where we were with Ben Simmons last year folks a lot of similarities also, quick little package that we saw that the Nets threw out there to the Boston Celtics when they offered, when the Celtics offered Jalen Brown. Their response, according to news sources, is that their response was that they wanted Tatum and Brown for Kevin Durant. <laughs> and a couple of first rounders. Bitch, click. Listen, I'm. I know I'm Brad Stevens, but I'm not an idiot. I'm not a hayseed. You're not fucking getting Kevin, Kevin for Tatum and Brown? You insane? This shit's going to drag out, man. I actually believe there's a real possibility Katie doesn't even play the start of the season. He's a principal guy. I could see him, like, starting his own outdoor digital series where he's just hooping by himself, and we're just watching that instead of the Nets games. I would not mind. I, I bet he would not mind sitting out three months until this gets worked out. Good luck, Sean. Good luck. Oh, La La Land. So, latest news from Lakerland is that LeBron James met with the Los Angeles Lakers front office to discuss, let's be honest, how they can avoid being a dumpster fire like they were pretty much all of last year. Important meeting, I would think. One of those meetings, I think for anyone who's worked in corporate America, where you as the worker know that everything's broken, and you sit down with the head regional manager, some division and you're trying to get them to acknowledge listen this thing this thing is completely wrong everything is not working and they're trying to tell you listen just be patient we're a new company <laughs> uh we're just getting off the ground <laughs> we've uh we we've, we've got some issues with our cameras no doubt uh but <laughs> think you're going to iron themselves just listen we acknowledge you we hear you hang on And you're like, no, no, no. like this is not, I can't do my, I can't do my job. Braun says the majority, well, whoever says this, the majority of the hour long meeting was about expressing concerns and hearing out strategies and opinions to assure there would not be a repeat of last season's epic failure. The key words here, are repeat and epic failure. Rob Plinka and Darvin Ham agreed with LeBron that, yes, they too would like to win games. Yes, I agree. Shocking. But hot take, yeah. We also want to figure it out, win games as well. In the meeting, though, this is where things get interesting. Darvin Ham says that he is going to change the offense. How so? He is going to, this is where it gets really key, implement and stick with having the offense run through skin of paper, bones of glass. They're running the offense through Anthony Davis, who hasn't played a full, and stick with, implement and stick with, going through Anthony Davis, who, hasn't played more than half the games, and I don't know how long. How can you be sure that Anthony Davis won't play 38 games again? Well, they believe he's in optimum shape to simply avoid serious injuries. What? That's not an elite level, folks. That's the bare minimum. That's not optimum. That's literally the, if you look at your job description on a, application like that's point one be available for all 82 games optimum shape to not get serious not even bangs and bruises like not even just optimum shape to remain healthy and available and the focal point of the offense just optimum shape to not have serious season-ending injuries to me very telling disaster that's like disaster one another thing that darvin ham wants to do He thinks that Russ will give them a bump in corner three-point shooting. Excuse me, what? What? Excuse me, what? This is not an article from Ball Sack Sports, by the way. This is an article by Yahoo Sports. Russell Westbrook a bump in corner three-point shooting? You might say, Trista, Russell Westbrook hit 43%, 48%. 43.8% 43.8% from corner threes. But he only shot 55 of them all year, folks. He didn't didn't shoot a lot of them. For his career, he shoots less than 30% from the arc. One of the worst in the NBA. They think what? Russell Westbrook's going to turn into Jay Crowder? They think he's going to turn into PJ Tucker just stand over there in the corner slash play defense? He's just going to wait and pass? Until he gets an uncontested three? honest. And then another thing that they said is they were going to give LeBron James, this is what Rob Plink said, he wants James to retire as a Laker and promised him to provide him with every resource possible to compete for a championship each year he's with the organization. Let me ask you this. Sincerely, if you're listening, does anyone believe that the Lakers are in contention this year? Does anyone believe that this roster right now is capable of beating the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Wolves, the Nuggets, even the Pelicans? This is not a team, Brian Windhorst said this very plainly today. This team is not making the playoffs, let alone contending for a championship, baby. What? For Polinka to say this to Braun is exactly why we call Rob Polinka a snake oil salesman. How can you smile in my face and tell me this? Tell me you want me to retire as a laker? I'm fucking gone, bro. Apparently the meeting was deemed productive and informative. Which means there's only a couple of people who <laughs> informative and and productive. What are we informing? Which means, which means either two things: one, Rob Palenka leaked leaked this, oh, yeah. or Rich Paul is like, we learned a lot by this meeting. It was informative. It was, it was productive. It all depends on how you really interpret the words productive and informative. If you're Rich Paul and you're like, we're running the offense through AD, huh? Yep, we're not signing that extension until after the season, folks. To me, Lakers, endless comedy. I'm here for every minute of it. Constant fodder for the podcast. And truthfully, there might be no more pitiful franchise in the NBA than the Lakers, considering how high they were and how consistently low they're going to be for the indefinite future. Just absolute clown show. Uh-huh. A.D. looks great. This is everyone knows it's bad. All right. So there's a story that broke this week. That Ben Simmons... Ben Simmons, you might remember him. He played a few years back. He was labeled a point guard. He wasn't. He's, yeah, he was the number one pick. He was rookie of the year, but he really wasn't. So, Is he back? I, I, been apparently he, he's sweating. He's sweating on Instagram. But, new story that Ben was in a group chat with uh, some other Nets players. And they asked him, hey, before game four, are you going to be able to play in game four? And here's here's actually, let, let me let Rick Bucher say it because he said it much better to Colin Cowherd. This is how it all got started. Kyrie, they the Nets are like, Ooh, we're not extending you and we're certainly not giving you a mass contract. Like all of that goes sideways. Ben Simmons, they're having a team chat before game four thinking he's going to play against the Boston Celtics. And from what I'm told, Ben just, left the chat, they asked him, are you gonna play? Ben left the chat. Like he didn't even answer the question, just left the chat. And Katie's like, this is what I signed up, like this this is who I'm playing with? So first and foremost, amazing, an amazing story. And I thought to myself, my little antenna went up and I'm like, who would snitch this? How did Rick Buker get this story? Who's giving Rick Buker the inside dope that Ben Simmons left the group chat as soon as they asked him if he was going to play in Game 4? This feels a little sus to me. Bleacher picked it up. SB Nation picked it up. So I was circumspect. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. I know Ben Simmons is allergic to com- competition. I know that. We know that. But, like, how would you find out? I'm not saying it's not true that he did it. I'm just saying once it came out, I didn't feel it was. Because nobody would leak that. So according to Shams, Shams went on the Pat McAfee show today. Cute story. Total lie. Total lie. Just did. I, Rick Bucher, come on now. You can't go on Colin cowherd show, tell a whole full narrative story that entices us. Makes me salivate with joy, and then it's just completely false. No one wants this true story to be true more than me. No one. What, you know, whatever you're gonna do, you know? I do love the idea, though, of this Nets group chat being stunned by it's like, hey, Ben, you gonna play tonight? And it's like, Ben Simmons has left the chat. Because you get an alert. Ben Simmons has left the chat. I, I was thinking about if it were true, who would dime him out? The leader in the clubhouse has to be Blake Griffin, right? Just to be funny. Like, just to be like, yeah, he was just like, ah, I'm out. And he just left the group chat. We haven't heard from him since. What could be a better story on Pardon My Take than Blake Griffin telling the story about how Ben Simmons ghosted his team on the eve of a closeout game? The wildest story isn't even that the story's not true. The wildest thing is that Ben Simmons' career is so bad, so sideways, so toxic, we immediately thought as a whole, yep, totally true. Yep, makes sense. Totally tracks. A lot of people, including a nationally respected reporter, actually believed that Ben Simmons would just remove himself on the phone from a group chat and be like, yeah, and then just not come to the game, not do anything. He would literally ghost his teammates down 3-0 in a playoff series when they asked him if he was going to play. That's how scared he is to play basketball and won't even say, nah, he just leave. By the way, Ben Simmons, when I asked him a question about him and Kendall Jenner, He did just leave. He did. He just picked up his little suitcase, his little briefcase, man bag, and he dipped. So, Ben, if this isn't a wake-up call guy, nothing's going to be. Get back on the court before these rumors get even worse. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. We'll be back with the second part of the interview of the logo himself, Jerry West people seem to forget the first part is available right now wherever you get your podcast so do me a favor follow the heat check for all your NBA news and views do not forget to download do not forget to subscribe please tell your friends every single damn one of them and follow us on social at this heat check and trista crick on tiktok part 2 coming up next be on the lookout thanks again for listening